Life is tough and we will get knocked down. The truth that God is for you should encourage you daily. The reality that God in Jesus came for you gives you your whole reason for living. Welcome to First 15 and thanks for giving your first 15 minutes of the day to listen to God, to reflect on what he says, and then to pray it back in response to him. I'm Ron and I'll be your guide on this journey. If you're new here, I invite you to subscribe or follow our podcast on your favorite provider. In season three, we're praying through the Psalms, both some of the ones that are familiar to us as well as ones that are lesser known or harder to pray. Book five of the Psalms, which is Psalms 105 to 150, has a small collection within it called the Hallel. It's Psalms 113 through 118. In the previous episode, we looked at Psalm 115, which comes from the Hallel. Today, we're going to be looking at the last psalm of this shorter collection called the Hallel. Now, these songs were sung at the Jewish great festivals, including Passover, celebrating God's deliverance of Israel out of Egypt. We're going to see today that Psalm 118 points us in two directions. The intent of our podcast is to apply the truth of God's message to the rest of our lives beyond the first 15 minutes. We follow a four-step process. You can find details of it at wordofprayer.com. Psalm 18 is longer and it's very rich. So we're going to start by listening to it right now. Give thanks to Yahweh for he is good. His loyal love lasts forever. Let Israel now say, His loyal love lasts forever. Let the house of Aaron now say that His loyal love lasts forever. Now let those who fear Yahweh say that His loyal love lasts forever. Out of my distress I called on Yah. Yah answered me and set me in a broad place. Yahweh is for me. I will not fear. What can man do to me? Yahweh is for me, to help me, and I will see what happens to those who hate me. It is better to seek refuge in Yahweh than to trust in man. It is better to seek refuge in Yahweh than to trust in princes. All the nations surrounded me, but in Yahweh's name, I cut them off. They surrounded me, yes, completely surrounded, but in Yahweh's name, I cut them off. They surrounded me like a swarm of angry bees. They were quenched like burning thorns. In Yahweh's name, I cut them off. You pushed me back hard to make me fall, but Yahweh helped me recover. Yah is my strength and song. He is my salvation. The sound of rejoicing and salvation is in the tents of the righteous. The right hand of Yahweh has done mighty deeds. Yahweh's right hand of strength is lifted high. Yahweh's right hand has done mighty deeds. I will not die, but I will live and declare Yah's works. Yah has chastened me severely, but he has not handed me over to death. Open to me the gates of righteousness. I will enter them and I will give thanks to Yah. This is Yahweh's gate. 
the righteous will enter into it. I will give thanks to you, for you answered me. You have become my salvation. The stone the builders rejected has become the main cornerstone. Yahweh has done this, and it is a wonder in our eyes. This is the day that Yahweh has made. We will rejoice and be glad in it. Save us now, Yahweh. I pray, Yahweh, send prosperity now. Blessed is he who comes in Yahweh's name. We have blessed you from Yahweh's house. Yahweh is God, and he has given us light. Bind the sacrifice with cords to the horns of the altar. You are my God, and I will give thanks to you. You are my God, and I will exalt you. Give thanks to Yahweh, for he is good, for his loyal love lasts forever. It doesn't have it at the end, but I just feel like adding a hallelujah. And one of the things you may have noticed as I read Psalm 118, and this is my own translation from the Hebrew, but the name for God, there's both Yahweh, his covenant name, which is usually translated Lord in most English translations, and then there's the shorter version of Yahweh or Yah, and that is liberally used throughout this psalm. We've already encountered this before. Like, hallelujah means praise Yah, a shortened form of Yahweh. And in this psalm, that shortened form of Yahweh's name is used repeatedly. Again, God is so close to us. He is so for us. We're on such intimate terms with Him. We even call Him by the nickname, not just Yahweh, but Yah. It's just like, my name is Ronald. But most people know me by Ron. That's my shortened form of the name. And in this psalm, we're given that kind of permission, that kind of openness to call on God's name. And it's just a tremendous thing. Now, I know for some of us that's jarring because we're so used to hearing, I call on the Lord and the name of the Lord, the right hand of the Lord. We're so used to hearing Lord. And that's what the Jews did. They substituted Adonai or Lord for Yahweh, trying to reverence or keep the name of God holy and keep from misspeaking it. But we have boldness through Jesus to enter in to the sanctuary, to call on God and his name. And Psalm 118 does that for us. It's a song of praise, thanking God for his deliverance. It's written in very personal language. In fact, in the first person, although the setting of Psalm 118, as you look at it, is most likely taken from Israel's history when they were returned from the exile. After they returned to the land, the promised land of Israel, and they're going up to worship in the temple, and they're singing these praises to God once again in the land. That's the setting behind Psalm 118. And it clings to the promises of God and the hope that God is going to send his Messiah, that, that God is going to fulfill his promises, send his king, that blessed is the one who comes in the name of the Lord. This is the longing that's expressed in Psalm 118. So there's just so much in this psalm that we just don't have time to explore in just 15 minutes. These 29 verses that you find in Psalm 118, there's almost, almost enough that you could meditate on just one verse every day and it would see you through a whole month 
of just writing out one verse at a time and meditating on that. And I encourage you to do that. I've written out this psalm multiple times, and I recommend you do the same. Just pick a verse or several each day and write it out by hand. Use that time to meditate on the verse. Here's a few that I would ask you to consider that you could use and really highlight. Verse 1 or 6 or verse 8, verses 16 or 24, 25, or the last two verses, 28 or 29. So pick one or several of those verses, write them out and meditate on them. I think you'll find them really useful. I'll put a copy of those in the show notes if you didn't catch that or you don't want to go back and rewind and listen to those to copying them down. You can do that by going to the show notes at um, Buzzsprout or at podcast.wordofprayer.com. This psalm is also tremendously important in the life of Jesus, and it's referred to three times in the Gospels, especially around Passion Week, that last week that Jesus spends in and around Jerusalem before he's crucified. In season two of First 15, what we call Journey with Jesus, taken from Matthew's Gospel, we saw a lot of this already. Let me highlight a few themes. First of all, as I mentioned just a moment ago, that verse that comes from verse 26 of Psalm 118, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Now, Matthew 21 verse 9 has that same verse, and it's set at the very beginning of Jesus' entry into Jerusalem when he comes up from Jericho, what we know as the triumphal entry Palm Sunday, when the crowds are welcoming him and using this verse to say, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Now, of course, the religious leaders were jealous and they didn't like it that Jesus was being welcomed that way by the crowds because the leaders didn't accept Jesus as the Messiah. They didn't appreciate this gracious language being applied to him. And so there was a conflict already at store. But as we read this verse, we see Jesus is the fulfillment. He is the one who comes in the name of the Lord. Second place that I would highlight from this psalm, verses 22 and 23. Listen to it again. The stone the builders rejected has become the main cornerstone. Yahweh has done this, and it is a wonder in our eyes. Now, in Matthew 21, verses 42 to 45, Jesus has this confrontation with the religious leaders directly in which he quotes this verse and applies it to himself, that he is this cornerstone that they, the religious leaders, have rejected. And God is going to take the kingdom away from them and give it to those who are worthy of it, who will accept God's plans being worked out in history through Jesus and through his followers. The Pharisees rejected Jesus as the promised Messiah, and they knew he was talking about them, but they refused to repent and change their hearts and welcome God's surprising way of working in this world. Finally, on the night of Passover, in Jerusalem, Jesus ate the Passover meal, the Seder, with his disciples in an upper room. It says they sang a hymn at the end of that meal, and then they left. They departed, and they went to the Mount of Olives. Now, Matthew 26, verse 30, mentions that detail. 
And the hymn that they sang was Psalm 118, according to Jewish custom. Remember, I mentioned the Hallel. Psalm 113 through 118 was used at the Jewish festivals, and especially uh, Psalm 117, 117 and 118 were sung at the end of Passover meal. And let's think about this. The last few verses of Psalm 118, you know what they say? Let me remind you again, the final words at the end of this psalm. Verse 27, it says, bind the sacrifice with cords. It is so striking to me that in a very short time after singing these words and going out to the Mount of Olives and praying with his disciples, of course, who are sleepy, but Jesus is then betrayed by Judas, who brings a crowd of soldiers to arrest him. Jesus is bound and taken away to the religious leaders where they're going to pass a sentence of death on him and he's going to be sacrificed. Bind the sacrifice with cords, Psalm 118 says. And Jesus, in fact, was bound, arrested, and sacrificed for the sins of the nation, but for our sins as well. We have a lot to meditate on. Let's pray. God, your ways are higher than ours. You discipline us and bring us to difficult points to help us see truths that we avoid. You did it with Israel in ancient days. You did it with the religious leaders in Jesus' day. And you continue to do it with us. Your love never fails. And it is the only true love. You have shown it time and again, and it finds fullest expression in the faith of Jesus. Thank you, God. Move in our hearts to embrace your will. We bless your name. Amen. To apply Psalm 118, as I mentioned, I think it deserves more time. And you should think about maybe writing out a verse or several verses and just meditating on bits of this, parts of it, um, in a prolonged time um, and just let it really soak in because there's so much here that we can unpack. I just, I want to thank you for listening. I would invite you, if you would like to, to share in the experience of writing out and meditating on the Psalms with a group of like-minded people. If you're interested in that, check out my Twitter channel. Uh, my handle is at wordofprayer15, at wordofprayer15, one five. Or you can also go to the website at wordofprayer.com to get details on how to join a community experience. I want to encourage us to grow in our faith together. I also invite you to get a copy of the book, God Help Me Grow, Praying Through the Psalms on Amazon. We have a link to it in the show notes as well. Give thanks to Yahweh for He is good, for His loyal love lasts forever. Amen.